Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's all right. 
to worry. You might be standing here. Where God
We pray that the storm will not be too bad. Cuba and Jamaica, that you would have mercy at this period of time. Help our brothers and sisters in particular. Pray for your protection upon all the congregations, deacons, pastors, and lay leaders around the world. Your special divine shield of protection upon your church. That the gates of hell should not prevail in the church of Christ Jesus. Pray for your special help today as I share this end time revelation. We grow in the truth as we rebuke lies, as we expose false prophets that your anointing and blessing be upon this service, upon this sermon, upon this teaching. Pray for an increased presence of your Holy Ghost upon all the members around the world. I thank you, Lord, that you have preserved meekness of baptism of what, three years? Three years. Thank you, Father, for preserving our brother meekness in life as well as eternal life. Three years, Lord. Thank you for doing that. Thank you also that our sister, Theana, that her anniversary is coming up. Also, her baptism next week. Thank you for preserving her. All that brothers and sisters. Get the service of the sermon into your hands, Father. In Jesus' name, we rebuke any curse, any hex, any spell that may be trying to come against us. Any spirit of witchcraft, any demonic spirit that's trying to come against this church, against this congregation, against this ministry, against this sermon, against this teaching, we rebuke those things and cast them asunder, void and null, in the name of Jesus Christ. But we shall be more than conquerors. We shall subdue and we shall conquer evil, we shall conquer the world, even as you did Christ Jesus through your power, through your authority, through your word through your presence, through your Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, so be it. In the name of Jesus, we stand victorious in our spiritual warfare. We shall not be defeated. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We are the children of God. Never false tongue of judgment that comes against us, we shall condemn. For this is our heritage. Our righteousness is in the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, so be it. Praise Jesus. As you see it. Let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 13. Revelation 13. I do see the heart sister in Nigeria is listening again today as well. Greetings to her. Praise God. And a special hello to Sister Amanda, also uh, in Zimbabwe, and my mate, Sister Wife. Special hello to Amanda. 
God help us all. We all need God's mercy. Today's message is about the image of the beast. What is the image of the beast? There's many interpretations, many theories, but there can be only one truth. Romans 13, verse 11. John says this, I saw another evil beast after he had saw the Antichrist, Assad, the president of Syria. He then sees a different evil beast coming up out of the earth, which had two horns, like a lamb, yet spoke like a dragon. And we understand in this ministry, in this church, we understand that the two horns represent two fallen angels. In the Bible, we know that ten horns represent ten end-time chiefs, leaders of the world, under the Antichrist Assad. The ten horns represent ten beings, and two horns represent two beings. That's elementary. So, two horns of the false prophet, of the office of the false prophet, must be. There's no other possibility. No other possibility has to be the two popes. The two popes do work in conjunction with the president of Syria. They have shook his hands. They are in unity and they are in agreement with and Assad, usually, just about every year at Christmas time, and maybe at Easter as well, visits the Roman Catholic churches, does a special address for those pagan holidays. After all, Christmas and Easter originated in pagan Assyrian. Amen. And then in verse 12, they, those popes, they will exercise all the authority of the first beast. In other words, they will have all the authority of Assad as well. So in other words, you're going to have all three, Assad and both popes, claiming to be God. A trinity. Amen. You're going to have both popes, all, yeah, both popes and Assad, all three claiming to be God. They're going to exercise authority. And they will exercise the authority of the first beast in its presence. And they made the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, Assad, whose fatal wound was healed. That fatal wound is talking about the attack on Damascus, the attack that's been occurring for years, but especially the attack that will accumulate, increase in that final month uh, before the strong delusion and perhaps only hours before the strong delusion. It's just going to increase. Everything increasing, increasing. So you get to those final, the final months before the strong delusion, the final weeks, the final days, the final hours, and then the final seconds 
out to the stronger region you see an increase of war in Damascus, Syria. Those last few seconds will be a uh, fake battle of Armageddon. So we can see much destruction in Damascus. The Bible says in Isaiah, perhaps chapter 17, whatever chapter number it may be, says that Damascus should be a unious heap. The Bible predicts a great destruction for Damascus. That is the deadly head wound because the word for head here is the same word for capital, a capital city. And the Bible interprets it itself. Amen. Verse 13, they perform great signs. Those popes are going to perform great signs that they may even bring far down out of the sky to the earth in the presence of mankind. Now, I ask you this question. The fog coming down out of the sky, is that going to be an electronic delusion? Of course not. It's going to be real fog coming down out of the sky. We do not have to explain it away with science. We do not have to explain it away with technology. Blue beam, red beam, purple beam, white beam, or any beam. It is not a hologram. Amen. These devils, these demons, have real spiritual power. And they can move objects. They can do things. Great science. Amen. With demonic power. Verse 14, And they deceive those who dwell on the earth, because of those signs, which it was given to them to perform in the presence of the evil beast Assad, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the evil beast who had the wound of the sword and came back to life, uh, has come to life. Not that he actually dies, although he could, I'm not ruling that out, but rather that the destruction of the city the deadly wound. We don't have to actually die in order to be a deadly wound. The Bible talks similarly. But I will not rule out that he could die and come back to life because there's a lot of things that we don't yet fully 100% understand. And it does say he comes back to life, but that could be symbolic language as well. We have to wait and see about how that turns out. It could be that he will die, but it will not be from assassination attempt, but rather from a bombing of the city of Damascus. So you're not going to see that happen uh, weeks before the strong division. If he was to die in the bombing, it would occur on that actual night of the abomination of desolation, or within three days of that. Perhaps he would be dead only for three days during that fake abomination of desolation. But we don't know everything. Okay? I'm not going to pretend like I know every little tiny detail. We don't have to know every little tiny detail. Amen? As long as we know and understand the major details. And that is, who is the Antichrist? Amen? And who are the false prophets? And what is the image of the beast? These are 
the major things that we must understand. The minor details are not as important. The major details is what we must occupy our mind upon. In other words, put our mind upon spend time thinking about uh, rather than wasting time on trivia, minor situations that really make no difference. Because whether he dies for three days or not, or whether he dies for one second or not, doesn't make no difference. We know that he's going to pretend to be God. We know that he's going to appear in the sky. We know that he's going to make the Lord worship him. Those are the main points. And it says, verse 15, it was given to them, to the popes, to give breath to the image. Underline the word breath. It's given to them, the popes, to give breath to the image of the evil beast so that the image of the evil beast would even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the evil beast to be murdered. Okay. So it's a very serious thing. That is something we must understand. So what is this image? It says that they give breath. The word breath is the same word for ghost or spirit when you talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and it can also be translated as wind, wind, or breath or spirit or ghost. Many different ways to translate that word. Now, this might be symbolic language for John sees the image talking. That's not symbolic. What I'm trying to say is the breath part of it could be symbolic. If he sees the image of the beast talking, he may be just throwing that in there. Well, it's talking, therefore it must have life. It must be a, uh, a breathing creature. But he may have thrown in that word breath of his own choice, or it could be significant. It could go either way. It could be that that was not a assumption of John, but rather that he actually saw the image breathing, or saw a spirit enter into the image. That's possible. We don't know for sure why he said breath. Either way, I believe that it helps to rule out the uh, possibility of a hologram. Because a hologram has no breath, has no life has no breathing, has no soul, has no spirit, has no ghost, has no wind. Amen. Typically, such words in the Bible have meaning and is not just the conjecture, not just the conjecture of the person writing it not just the assumption of the person writing it, even though it could be. Typically, 
the words are very significant. I believe that that is the situation in this case. I believe that the greater possibility is that John actually saw, even though, even though it doesn't say that he saw, I believe that he may have seen breath or spirit or so enter into that image. But the image of the beast were taught. Now, there's a lot of false prophets, false teachers out there, including one of them that's going on YouTube by the nickname of ETA 2028. ETA is the initials for estimated time of arrival. That particular false prophet has stolen my works, my writings, my materials, the timeline, the end time prophetic timeline, and other works and materials of this ministry. Add it onto it and edited it and added his own private interpretations of scripture, including that he says that Christ will return in 2028. Very clearly he is proclaiming that, otherwise he would not be using the nickname of 2028, estimated time of arrival. That's clear. That's obvious. Amen. I don't need a whole paragraph of him saying that Christ will come in 2028. All you've got to do is this common sense of looking at the name he is using on YouTube, EPA, estimated time of arrival, 2028. Common sense declares that that is what he is predicting, that that is his prophecy, that that is his teaching, that that is his doctrine, which is not correct at all. Amen. We had a news article just the other day that I shared that uh, where a billionaire giant with inside information uh, says that China will be releasing a new biological virus attack on America and on the world late this summer or sometime early fall, just a few months away. And that confirms the timeline we've already been talking about, that we are in our final nine to ten months of birth pains leading up to the Great Tribulation. We see the Delta India variant of the virus, which I do believe is a true variant of the virus, not make-believe. I know there's a lot of people dying of the vaccines, but I do also believe that pestilence was predicted by the Bible, disease, death, uh, in the end times, uh, leading up to the Great Tribulation. So it makes sense that we will see an increase in viruses in addition to the deaths from the vaccines. It's a combination of things, not just one thing altogether. Now, this ETA 2028 guy and a lot of other guys, they have carnal thinking. That means they think the physical brains rather than with the Holy Ghost. Amen. They do not receive anything from the Holy Ghost. 
ETA 2028 has never, ever, ever, ever received any prophecy from the Lord, but rather he stole the prophecies of God from this ministry. And in effect, by not saying it's from I saw the light ministries, he is thus, by default, making it look as if those writings and those teachings and those revelations of the Lord were given directly to him. He has stolen the work of God and added and subtracted from it, which the Bible declares in Revelation 22 brings a curse and even a removal of eternal life. That person loses their salvation. Amen. If he even ever had it to begin with, he loses his salvation because he has stolen and added and subtracted from the Word of God. Amen. Now, it's easy for such people like him, who has never received a, a revelation from God, but rather steals the revelations. It's easy for such carnal, sinful people to believe that the image of the beast would be nothing more than just an electronic hologram. Amen. Electronic hologram. That is the way of the thinking of lost people, people that don't have the Holy Ghost, people that think physical rather than spiritual. It is not going to be a hologram. It is not. Although, I would not rule out them using holograms of Assad. I would not rule that out. But this Bible verse is not talking about a hologram. Because it's talking about something that is much more demonic. The fire that comes down from heaven is not a hologram. The appearance of the Antichrist in heaven is not a hologram. The appearance of a sod in the sky is not a hologram. The appearance uh, of the fire is not a hologram. These are demonic miracles, demonic manifestations. And thus also the image of the beast would not be a hologram, but rather a demonic manifestation. If the first beast and the second beast including both horns, are all demons, then also stands to reason that the image of the beast is also demonic and not just electronic. Amen. We're not playing with batteries here. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spirits, powers, dominions. Amen. That is what we're rationing against. Amen. For many years I have said and written that the image of the beast is the black stone of Mecca. I have all said I have also said that it could be a hologram, but I have repeatedly pushed more, much more so that it is the black stone of Mecca. When you look at how many times I've said it could be a hologram, it's like once, twice, and just only casually in passing. 
Whereas when you look at when I have said that it is the black stone of Metra, I have written it out in detail, in great detail, repeatedly, and said it repeatedly, that it is the black stone of Metra, and gave an evidence and proof of that truth. So overwhelmingly, I have taught that it is the black stone of Mecca and have done so for years. And that doctrine is not changing today. Today, I will share with you much more proof than ever before that it is the black stone of Mecca. What is the black stone of Mecca? It is a stone that has been broken to pieces which the Muslims worship in Mecca, Saudi Arabia. This black stone, because it had been broken to pieces, is being held together in a column that looks like a toilet seat, but it is also shaped like a woman's vagina, which is at the corner of the temple, the, the number one temple of Islam in Mecca, Saudi Arabia. That temple is covered in a black curtain. And the Muslims, every year, visit the site of the black temple and the black stone. And that black and worship is, is a symbolism of darkness, of evil, whenever you include black in worship. So it's amazing that these Muslims are worshiping a black stone and a black temple. Now, it's actually a gray temple or some other color, but it's draped in black curtains, which makes it appear as a black temple. Same thing. And they say that the stone used to be white at one time originally, but became black because of people's sins. People touching it, turning it black because of their sins. <clears throat> However, that's their claim. We don't know that it ever was a white stone. And we have no reason to believe that. Every Muslim on earth according to Islamic teaching, must at least once in their lifetime visit Mecca, Saudi Arabia, and circle the temple seven times, finally kissing or touching the black stone. And that is how they receive forgiveness of sins. That black stone is in the corner of the temple, and they call it a cornerstone. And you must touch the quarter stone, you must kiss the quarter stone one time in your life in order to receive forgiveness of sin. They, they proclaim that it is, that the stone itself is the right hand of Allah, that it is the right hand of God, is what they say. And I believe they might also say that it is the throne of God. You might have to verify that. 
that the throne is like a toilet seat, <laughs> yeah, like God sitting on a toilet seat. <laughs> and it looks like, a, other than, although it's shaped like a woman's vagina, it looks like a toilet seat full of poop. It looks like a toilet seat, a toilet full of poop. That's exactly what it looks like. No exaggeration. So if, if it's the throne of God, it is Allah's poop. And they're kissing. But because they call it a cornerstone that gives you forgiveness of sins, it is a counterfeit. It is a dirty, filthy, counterfeit, blasphemous counterfeit of Christ. Christ is the chief cornerstone. Amen. Christ is the only one that gives you forgiveness. Amen. So right there, you could say that it is the Antichrist stone. Amen. Right there alone, just with that, just only those statements, without going any farther, it's pretty clear that this is the image of the beast because it is a counterfeit of Christ. It is an Antichrist stone. Amen. And do we not know, do we not know and understand that the end time, worldwide, new world order, antichrist religion is Islam? And that black stone of Mecca is a centerpiece of Islamic worship. It is how they receive forgiveness of sin. That's huge. That's nothing to ignore. To believe that the image of the beast would only be an electronic hologram, you would have to ignore the significance of the black stone of Mecca. But the significance of the black stone of Mecca is too huge to ignore. It is the Antichrist stone. It is how a Muslim receives forgiveness of sins in their thinking, in their teaching, in their religion. How can we ignore that and believe that it will not play an important part in the end time, Islamic, worldwide, New World Order, to believe that it will not play an important part in the end times is ignorance. Amen. Also, the Muslims teach that Allah, they teach that Allah, no, that Muhammad, they teach that Muhammad declares that in the end times, that black stone will speak, will have two eyes, and a tongue, and will speak, and will command that anyone that does not worship it must be killed. That is an Islamic prophecy that they say that Muhammad declared. And we also that Muhammad declared also the return of the white horse the Pegasus white horse, the minihorn, unicorn, 
related to the petroleum industry, the petroleum industry. Uh, that one petroleum company called Noble uses the white horse, Pegasus horse, as a symbol. And we know also that Christ comes on the white horse, and therefore we believe that Assad could also come on a white horse, fulfilling the prophecy of Muhammad of the return of the white horse. So all of this is connected. All of this connected. And even though we do not believe in Islamic prophecy, it is still important to, to know, to know Islamic prophecy. To know Islamic prophecy, which will be fulfilled in order to help prove to everyone on the world that they must worship Assad, that they must convert to Islam, a Roman version of Islam, an ancient Persian, Iranian, Greek, Assyrian, Babylonian, version of Islam, a version of Islam that is not identical in every way to the current form of Islam, but rather a more agent form of Islam. Therefore, it is important to understand Islamic prophecy, which a lot of it will not be fulfilled. But certain ones, certain prophecies like the white horse, I believe, will be fulfilled. And the prophecy of the black stone, talking in the end time, commanding people to be killed. It will be fulfilled. That Islamic prophecy will be fulfilled. Because the devil uses Islamic prophecy to try to prove Islam. Now, while we're here in book Revelation... We will also point out the word image, image of the beast. And that word image is the same word in Greek in Daniel 2. When we look at the Greek Septuagint, Daniel 2, when King Nebuchadnezzar had saw the image of the head of gold and the silver and the bronze and the iron and clay, he saw an image. Same Greek word. And that word, that particular Greek word, can be translated as image or it can be translated as stone or statue or likeness. It can be translated many different ways. So a lot of people, everybody, everybody is always taught that the image of the beast is a likeness, identical likeness of the Antichrist, like a picture of the Antichrist or a hologram of the Antichrist. However, the word image could be stone. That is possible. And if you think of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar saw, even though it was shaped like a man, it was a, a statue, nevertheless. It was a statue made of gold and silver and bronze and iron and clay. So it was a statue. And I believe that's important because in Revelation 13, verse 1, you see the seven heads. And those heads represent time eras of kingdoms. 
that have been uh, through different time periods, including the Babylonian kingdom. So if you connect that the seven heads is seven empires throughout time, and you go back to Daniel 2, where there's also an image made of materials, including clay, which is stone, statue, clay, and other materials, then it would make sense for the image of the beast to be a stone. It would make sense. And it does not have to be shaped like a statue. It does not have to be shaped like a statue. After all, doesn't it say in Daniel 2, concerning the image, the statue, made of clay and iron and gold and everything, that in the end times, it would be crumbling, broken apart, broken to pieces. Amen. And the clay was not in the head or the chest, but rather in the feet, meaning end time. In the end time, the statue would be broken to pieces. That is not what that uh-huh. is not that what Daniel two says. Amen. So we have now an image of clay that is broken in pieces that is called the black stone of man. Now, it may have parts of iron, it may have parts of whatever materials, but when I think of a stone, when I think of a rock, I think of dirt, I think of clay, even though it may be uh, other minerals in it. It very well may be a mixture of minerals, just like the statue of Daniel 2 is also a mixture of minerals. I am not saying that the statue in Daniel 2 is the exact same thing as the black stone of Mecca, but rather I am saying that it shares a lot of the same symbolisms, being made of different materials, of which one is probably clay or dirt of some kind and being broken in pieces. These are symbolisms that match between Revelation 13 and the black stone of Mecca and Daniel 2. Symbolisms that match. That is what I'm saying. Praise God. Also, Image of the beast, image of a sign, does not have to be an exact representation, an exact image, an exact likeness of a sign, because the word of can mean that it's related to. It doesn't have to mean that it is an exact likeness. It can be a, it can be translated like this. It can be translated as a stone related to the first beast. It can be translated like that instead of image of the beast, it can be translated as stone related to the first beast. There's a lot of ways you can translate that. Now when we're thinking of statues, 
made of stone. Statues are extremely significant to the Catholic Church, including miracles related to those statues. Statues of Mary crying, statues of Mary bleeding, statues of other uh, Roman Catholic uh, saints uh, crying or bleeding or, or doing whatever or talking or giving dreams and revelations to people. Statues of uh, so-called St. Francis and other uh, so-called saints. Statues are extremely significant to the Roman Catholic Church. Statues are also significant to Muslims. So that's important to know. And also we must remember that in the Old Testament there was forced worship of statues. Amen. Remember also in Daniel a statue of what? 60 cubits high or whatever it was. 60 and a 6 there. And how that they tried to force people to worship that statue. And that wasn't the only time. Remember also the statue of the uh, god Dagon that fell backwards or fell down. So repeatedly in Old Testament times, the worship of statues was important in Assyria, Babylon, Egypt, Greece, Rome, and China, India. Even today, statues are important to worship in China and India and the Roman Catholic Church and Islam. And Buddhism. Buddhism, that's why I say China and Tibet. So, we can't ignore that. We can't ignore the ancient history of the forced worship of stones, not just statues, but also just stones that was not even formed into statues. This is historical fact. It is documented throughout different cultures, different civilizations, different nations, and different time eras, not only the forced worship of statues, but also the forced, by law, worship of stones. That's significant as well. To think that the image of the beast is a hologram is to forget and ignore the documented, proven history of stone worship and statue worship. We can't ignore such things. History repeats itself. Amen. After all, that end time New World Order religion is a return to agent religion, agent form of Islam, agent forms of worship. Amen. Let's look at Revelation 9, verse 20. Revelation 9, verse 20. During the wrath of God, that last 41 and a half days before Christ lands on earth, it says here that while the wrath was being poured out upon the wicked, Verse 20, the rest of the mankind who were not killed by these plagues, meaning uh, 
The word plagues here does not mean diseases, but rather it means uh, afflictions. It can include diseases and other afflictions. It can include fire, wind, floods, and everything else that it names here is not significant. It is not specific to disease. So do not misunderstand this word plague. So the rest of them that was not cured by these afflictions did not repent of the works of their hands so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold, the head of gold, silver, which was the chest of silver, brass, which was the stone of brass, and of stone, the clay. And also it adds on to this wood. Amen. Rock wood. Amen. Amen. It's Jesus. Which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. It didn't say talk. <laughs> it didn't say that the stones could not talk. But it says they cannot see, they cannot hear, and they cannot walk. But it did not say that the stones could not talk. Wow. Wow. I think that's very significant, don't you? When it's listing what they cannot do, when it talks about cannot see, cannot walk, cannot hear, but leaves out, it leaves out that they can't talk. Don't you think that is significant? Wow. And especially when it arranges it in that order of gold, the statue of Daniel 2, head of gold, the silver, the chest of silver, the brass was the stone of brass, and then the stone comes in the entire course of those iron there too, but stone or clay. And then it adds on to it wood. So interesting. And we have a private information that you don't know about that wood, which I cannot say on the air. But the presence of wood there has a significance to us locally. It has a significance to us and seems to be a confirmation to us. And I'm just coming share that with you at this time in public. So this is very interesting that it says that even during the wrath that those wicked people and it's talking about the people with the mark of the beast. That is what it's talking about. The people with the mark of the beast. The people that worship Islam. They will not be repenting most of them or some of them. There will be some. Let's say it like that. There will be some that even during that time will not repent of not worshiping stone. That's what it says. So that's significant, especially when you connect it with Daniel 2. This is amazing. Amen. Let's go to Acts 19. Acts chapter 19. 
Let's go around verse 35. We might start a little bit earlier. Let me look at this. Acts 19, perhaps around verse 35. Let me take a look. Verse 35, let's read that. After quieting the crowd, the crowd, the town clerk said, quote, Men of Ephesus, what man is there after all who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is guardian of the temple of the great Armedius? Footnote says Diana or Sabel, the moon goddess. And of the stone which fell down from heaven. Footnote says that this is probably the black stone of Mecca. And it also says it's probably the image of the beast. At one time it was also kept in worship by the Roman Catholic Church. So it is possible that this stone is connected with the black stone or is the black stone of Mecca. And the reason I say that that is possible is several reasons. For one thing, they do claim that Muslims do claim that the black stone of Mecca fell down from heaven. So that's what it says here. And also, we know that this Armedius does have different names in different languages and different cultures. That is known as Sabel, it's known as Diana. It's known, I believe, also as Easter and other names in different cultures. It is a stone that's being worshipped that is claimed to have fallen from heaven, which means it is a meteorite, which is exactly what the glass stone of Mecca is. It is a meteorite. It's a stone of worship. And this stone of worship in the book of Acts would be something biblical. We have it in the Bible. So it makes sense to me that it would be a stone, the black stone of Mecca, being the image of the beast, that it would have other references to it in the Bible. That makes sense to me. So I believe that it is of great importance of this particular verse and that it is very possible to be the same stone. Now that stone of Sabel is a moon goddess. The Sabel, however her name is pronounced, is a moon goddess. And we know that the Muslims worship the moon and that Allah is a moon god, a moon demon, a moon god. So it's significant that Sabel is a moon god. That makes a connection to Islam. The earliest form of Sabel's name may have been Kibala. The origin of Kabbalah, the word Kabbalah, and I may be pronouncing that wrong, but Sabel's earliest form of her name might be Kabbalah and may have been 
even the word cube starting with the letter K. And we know that the black temple in Mecca is in the shape of a giant cube. And Sabel's name may have originally meant or been related to a cube. Remember that on Star Trek, the worst enemy ever created in the Star Trek movies was the Borg who came from a cube in outer space. <laughs> we know that very often the Freemasons, which work in Hollywood and in government and religion and colleges and universities, the Freemasons that work in Hollywood often put clues in the movies. We know that. So I believe it's significant that the, uh, the Borg was the worst enemy that Star Trek ever faced, the most fearsome, and was from a cube in outer space. I believe that the Black Stone at one time had previously been located at the Vatican. There is reason to believe that. And if so, then that black stone of Mecca would have a connection not only to Islam, but also to the Roman Catholic Church, which would make it extremely significant having a connection to both the Roman Catholic Church and Islam. Even if it had not been located at the Vatican, there's other things that were connected to the Catholic Church as well. The location of the Black Temple in Mecca, Saudi Arabia is the same location of agent worship of many different idols and false gods and demons, including one of them that was a female goddess by the name of A-L-L-A-T, the word Allah, but instead of an H on the end, it's a T on it, a female form of Allah, a transgender form of Allah, a female form of Allah, instead of ending with an H, ending with a T. This female form of Allah was one of many idols that was worshipped at the site of the Black Temple before the Black Temple was built. And the female form of Allah was part of a trinity of female gods. A trinity of female gods that was worshipped at that location. And now I need to share with you about a, uh, a Roman emperor who was a Syrian. I'm going to say that again because that's mind-blowing to me. I'm now going to share with you information about a Roman 
temporal, who is not Roman, not Greek, not white, not from Italy, not from Rome, but he was a Assyrian Arab, but yet he was a Roman emperor. There was actually more than one Roman emperor who was Assyrian Arab, but this is one of them. And this one went by the name of, he had many different names, but I will use this name, Antonius. A-N-T-O-N-I-N-U-S. Again, that's A-N-T-O-N-I-N-U-S, Antonius. He reigned in the Roman Empire from the year 218 until the year 222 A.D. I think it is significant that the end of his reign was in the year 222. 222 being a number that God uses to reveal things to me and confirm things to me. Now, he was later also known by a name, El Golibus. And he was later known by El Golibus because of a sun god named El Gabal. Now, these might not be pronounced exactly right, but this is about the best I can pronounce them at the moment. This Roman emperor, Anatonus, eventually became known as Elagolibus, named after his god, sun god, El Gabal. And he was involved in a, a cult of worship of the sun and the moon, but especially the sun. But really, he worshiped the sun and the moon both, which is significant because that's what the Freemasons do. Many times you see symbols of the sun and the moon beside one another in Freemason imagery, including in the King James original King James Bible, they had a picture of the sun and the moon, of the all-seeing star, all-seeing eye, of the Assyrian name of Allah, right in between the sun and the moon. So these are Freemason symbols related to Egypt and Assyria and Babylon. And he had became emperor when he was either 13 or 14 years old. And even before that time, he was already important, even before he became Roman emperor, because he was already the high priest of the temple of sun worship of his god, el Gabal, or just Gabal, you could also say. He was high priest of a sun temple. But then he became the Roman emperor, even though he was not Roman. He was Assyrian. He was Arab. It's very important to understand that there was a serious Roman emperor, multiple ones, at least two that I know of, maybe more. <clears throat> and his center object, or number one object of worship, was a black stone. He worshipped a black stone 
which he took to different locations. And at one time, he brought the black stone from Syria in the temple in Rome on the temple of the Palatine Hill. That's one of seven hills of Rome. One of seven hills of Rome. He placed a black stone of worship. This was a Assyrian emperor of Rome. Placed a black stone of worship in a temple on one, one of the seven hills of Rome. Don't you think that's significant? Amen. It is documented that he tried to unite the Assyrian religion with the Roman religion. Wow. That is mind-blowing. A Assyrian king that was known as the Assyrian tried to unite and combine the Roman religion, that would be the Roman Catholic Church, with the Assyrian Islamic religion. Don't you think that the black stone that he brought with him from Syria to Rome would be the same black stone of Mecca that's going to be the Antichrist stone that will be forced by law that people will worship that black stone because it is the Assyrian that brought it to Rome from Syria. Don't, they, don't this make sense? This is amazing. This is mind-blowing. We know that the end-time religion will be a mixture of the Roman Catholic Church and agent forms of Islam from Assyria. And this is what the so-called St. Francis did, is he tried to combine and encourage the unity of Islam and the Roman Catholic Church. That is what the so-called St. Francis so no wonder, no wonder that Satan chose the name of St. Francis who tried to unite the Roman Catholic Church with Islam. No wonder that Satan chose that name. And it is the Franciscans. however, how would you pronounce that? The Franciscans, the cult of the priesthood of the Roman Catholic Church that are the order of St. Francis. It is that particular order of Roman Catholic priesthood that has the most statue worship and has the most recorded documented miracles of people receiving marks in their hand. Is that not significant? It has been recorded that the festivals 
and celebrations citywide and nationwide that was conducted by this Assyrian Roman emperor was identical to agent Assyrian, agent Assyrian festivals. This Assyrian was odd to the Romans because he was not Roman. He was Assyrian. And he brought with him Assyrian customs, Assyrian holidays, and other Assyrian characteristics, which made him stand out to the Romans. Even though the Roman Empire had adopted some of the Greek Empire customs before them, and the Greek Empire had adopted some of the Persian characteristics, and the Persians had adopted some of the Babylonian characteristics, and some of the Babylonians had adopted some of the Assyrian characteristics. The Egyptian Empire also had many characteristics of the Assyrian, including sun worship and moon worship. I believe that really the many of the things from Egypt was adopted from the Assyrian. So when you go through that statue, starting with the head of gold, you've got to understand that was not just Babylonian, that was Assyrian. King Nebuchadnezzar, he was Assyrian. He had Assyrian blood. He spoke Assyrian. He had Assyrian worship. And then characteristics of that was passed down to the next empire, the Persians of silver, which, by the way, the black stone, surrounded that toilet seat is made out of pure silver so I believe that's significant that it said that they repent not of the worship of gold and silver and bronze and stone so these characteristics of Assyria was passed down into that Roman Empire. And even though there was some characteristics already passed down, it was watered down by the time many other cultures had crept into the Roman Empire. So by the time this Assyrian took over, he brought with him some of the agent Assyrian. He brought back much more of the Assyrian worship back into the Roman Empire, which made him stand out. Part of that was that he wore makeup, cosmetics, very heavily on his face. He wore a lot of makeup on his face. And even though that stood out to the Romans, that would not have stood out to the Egyptians. The Egyptians, even the men, the pharaohs, was known to have wore a lot of makeup, cosmetics, as part of worship, not just for decoration, not just to protect them from the sun, but as part of their worship. The cosmetics was part of their worship of the Egyptians, which I believe they got from Assyria, 
this Assyrian king would have brought with him Assyrian culture. So that really, I believe, that confirms that the Egyptian culture was actually adopted Assyrians. And it is documented that he had requested for the doctors to give him a sex change operation to create in his body a woman's vagina. And whether he actually went through with that, I don't know. I read that he had requested this transgender surgery. I guess it probably did happen, as far as I know. So that's very interesting that right now what we see going on in this wicked world today is a lot more than ever before in my lifetime, transgender surgeries, and yet the Assyrian king that reigned until the year 222 was a being that had or requested a transgender surgery. That is significant. Another interesting thing is that he took a statue of the sun god and a statue of the moon god and married those two statues together. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? He took a statue of the sun god and a statue of the moon god and married those two statues together. There is an agent legend that says that the Antichrist would be the result of sex between Satan and a statue. That Satan would have sex with a statue and that the statue would give birth to the end-time Antichrist. That is a legend. And I don't know where that legend came from, but it's interesting about sex with a statue and this Assyrian king married the sun god statue with the female uh, or with the uh, moon god statue. So it's interesting. Now this Assyrian king he was from a particular town in Syria that is now called Homs. Homs, H-O-M-E, H-O-M-A-I-M-O. Uh, let me let me try to correct my spelling here. H-O-M-S. Gotta slow down. I got to drink a sip of tea. H-O-M-S. Homs, Syria. That's where he was from, to the best of my knowledge. And that is a very significant town. It is the location of a major military academy in modern times, or at least in the 60s and 70s. It's probably still there. The Homs Military Academy played a major role 
in the years of when Assad's family was coming to power. Assad's dad went to that military academy. He may have actually been from that town, I'm not sure, but he went to that military academy, which played a major role in the 1960s and 1970s coup to bring Assad's family to power. Assad's wife is from that city, and his advisors are from that city. Now, what does the word homes mean, H-O-M-S? Well, I'm not for sure, but the nickname is what I need to say, not, not what does it mean. Let me correct myself. The city of Homs is also known by a nickname, that's what I meant to say. The city of Homs has the nickname, and that nickname is the mother of the black stones. Whoa. Whoa. And of course, the nickname of that city would be the mother of the black stones because the Assyrian king, Roman emperor, had brought the black stone from that city to Rome. And also, there was multiple black stones, multiple black stones in that city. I believe it's like a characteristic of that city is that there is a lot of that material in the ground in which they used to build a lot of the churches, that is very significant. It is a stone found in that town in which they used to build churches, Babylonian churches. And I'm sure that these are churches that submit to Assad. You cannot have a church building in Syria without submitting to Assad. He controls the religion in Syria, both the Islamic religion and the so-called Christian religion, so-called, in Syria, Assad controls it. You would have to have his permission, of course, otherwise, you know, it's just common sense. Also important, I discovered that as recently as 2018, it was reported on the news that Syria was building an underground nuclear facility with the name of Zamzam. And that's probably mispronounced, but it's spelled Z-A-M-Z-A-M. One word, Z-A-M-Z-A-M. You, you, you spell it twice. Z-A-M-Z-A-M. That's one word. And that word means, well, I don't know what the word means, but the word is also the name of, that word is also the name of a so-called holy spring of water near the black stone of Mecca a so-called holy spring of water coming up from out of the earth 
running water coming out of the earth, named Zamzam, near the black temple. I don't know how near. It just says near the black stone of Mecca. And it is that spring of water is important to the Muslims. And so the Syrian government named their nuclear facility after a spring of water near the black stone. That is an indication to me of a Syrian embracing of things in Mecca, an embracing of things in Mecca. We must also consider the Mecca clock. Remember that I wrote years ago about the Mecca clock, how they publicly confess that their goal is to change all time zones around the world in order to make the Mecca clock the new beginning of time zones around the world. Right now, the beginning of time zones start, I believe, in London. And they want to change that to Mecca, Saudi Arabia. Change all the time zones. And that would fulfill Daniel 7, I think it's 725, whatever chapter and verse number it is, where it talks about the Antichrist would change times and laws. And that would be changing the time zones so that the Mecca clock, which stands right over the black stone and over the black temple, stands right over it. So you've got to consider that, the Mecca clock. You've got to consider the importance of Mecca in end-time religion. You, have to, you can't ignore this. So when we read about the Antichrist and the Popes and the Mark of the Beast in Revelation 13, we have to remember the connection between the Roman Catholic Church, the Popes, with the Assyrian multiple times in history, including that particular Roman emperor. A Roman emperor who was Assyrian. That in itself combines the two. He was a Roman emperor, and yet he was an Assyrian Arab. That in itself connects the Roman Catholic Church with Assyria. So repeatedly, one thing after another and another, and one thing after another, you've got connections with Mecca, the Assyrians, Islam, and the Roman Catholic Church. So when you see the Assyrian Antichrist as being the first beast in Revelation 13, and the Roman Catholic Church popes as being the second beast, then wouldn't it make sense for the image of the beast to have a connection with the Roman Catholic Church and Assyria? and not just be a hologram. A hologram would have no significance to the Roman Catholic Church. A, a hologram would have no significance to demons and uh, spiritual things and spiritual worship, even though you could worship a hologram. It has no real significance to worship, historically. 
only the black stone of Mecca really fits all the pieces of the puzzle. When Revelation 13 verse 1 starts out talking about agent kingdoms with the heads, then we must be thinking agent kingdoms. We must be thinking agent religion. We must be thinking about forms of worship, forms of blasphemy. And how much more blasphemous can you get than to say that the black stone of Mecca, which looks like a toilet for a shit, and claim it's the cornerstone that gives you forgiveness of sins. How much more blasphemous can you get? We have to think of the reality of how blasphemous, how wicked, how dark, how evil the Antichrist is. Most people don't understand how evil Assad is. They think he's gentle. They think he's harmless. They think he's a wimp. He's a pushover. They don't understand that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We are wrestling against demons. It's not going to be all of them. It's going to be a demonic manifestation of breath entering into a stone, and it will speak even as Islamic prophecy declares, which is a trick of the devil to get people on the earth to worship Assad and the popes and the stone and Islam. It, all, it connects all the pieces of the puzzle together. That black stone of Mecca connects many different pieces of the puzzle together. And by the way, that Assyrian Roman emperor, he celebrated December 25th as a major holiday for the Roman Empire, December 25th. It has nothing to do with Christ. He did not proclaim Christ. He did not worship Christ. He did not promote Christ. But yet he worshiped December 25th as a major holiday of his son God, El Gabon, or the Gabon, G-A-B-A-L, G-A-B-A-L. And yet that was only 100 years before Constantine proclaimed December 25th as the birth of Christ. Only 100 years later, Constantine claimed that same day as the birth of Christ. And Constantine was the Eastern Roman Empire, Eastern Roman Empire, which connected Islam and Assyrian culture again Repeatedly, again, throughout history. That is what Constantine did. He took Assyrian holidays. And we know it was an Assyrian holiday because this Assyrian king was bringing Assyrian customs and Assyrian characteristics and Assyrian worship into the Roman Empire again, much more so. So we know it was an Assyrian holiday. And yet only 100 years after that, the Eastern Roman Emperor Constantine again reasserted Assyrian holidays 
into a mixture of the Roman Catholic Church by declaring December 25th as a day of, of worship, as well as declaring Sunday as the day of worship as well. Very interesting. Again, it connects all the pieces of the puzzle. And the Roman Empire of Constantine was centered out of Istanbul. Istanbul. And that's in Turkey. So again, a Islamic nation, the center of the Ottoman Empire, is a center, that town, that city, and that nation is a center of Islam. Again, mixing the Assyrian religion with the Roman Empire. Interesting. Only two months ago, get this, this is important, only two months ago, in the month of May, or perhaps at the very end of April, somewhere around that time zone, Saudi Arabia released brand new high-technology pictures, high-tech pictures of the Black Stone for the first time in history. And they made a big deal about it, and it made the news, and it was a really big thing on the news. I didn't see it that I can remember of, but I read that it was a very major thing in the news that really made uh, the news reports and a lot of people were talking about it on Twitter, according to what I read last night. Uh, that Saudi Arabia released this brand new high-tech pictures of the Black Stone of Mecca as recently as just two months ago. And they say that it's uh, a very historical event to release these pictures because of how high-tech these pictures are. It wasn't pictures that touches a few seconds, but rather it took multiple hours, multiple hours with very high technology. I don't see how you call that high tech when it takes hours and hours and hours to do it. But nevertheless, that's the way foolish people think. Foolish people think if you take pictures for hours and hours and hours and hours and connect them all together to make a high-resolution picture, that that's, that, that's improving. That's the way fools think. But for them to take that much time and that much effort, take brand new high technology pictures of the Blackstone, this close to the Great Tribulation, I believe is significant. I believe it is a promotion, a uh, public relations promotion event to get the Blackstone into the foremind, into the forefront of people's attention, just as we enter very closely soon now to the Great Tribulation. So I believe the timing is very significant. The Black Stone of Mecca is connected with Easter. It is connected with December 25th because it was part of what the Assyrian Roman Emperor brought from home Syria to Rome, and then eventually over it got transferred over to Mecca, whatever century, and uh, perhaps in the year uh, 
around somewhere around 600 AD was probably when it was transferred to Mecca. I'm not for sure exactly when. There was a lot of mystery and a lot of things hidden about the history of the Black Star. A lot of stuff is hidden from public knowledge. But the Black Stone connects the Sun God, the Moon God, Rome, Mecca, Islam, the Catholic Church, December 25th, the Assyrian, it connects all these things together. <clears throat> to believe that the image of the beast would be nothing more than a hologram is to ignore all of these facts. It is to ignore the spiritual significance of Revelation 13. Spiritual significance of Revelation 13. To believe that it's a hologram is to ignore, ignore the religious, the demonic, and the spiritual significance of the events of Revelation 13. Therefore, people such as this ETA 2028, that guy, he must repent of adding on to the work of God, because that's what he's done. Not just added onto my work, but he stowed the work of God and added onto his his own interpretations. And he completely left out where I had said and where I had given details about the black stone. He left all that out, which is subtracting from the word of God, and then added on to the word of God by claiming 2028 as the year of Jesus' return, and many other false interpretations that he has added on to my works, which is the work of God. It's not just my works, it's the work of God. It's the revelation of God, it is the word of God. And he added to and took away from it. So each day, 2028, if you are listening, I don't believe you were ever saved. But if you were, and the Bible promises that you have lost your salvation and you need to repent. Stop hiding your identity and come out and confess your sins to the entire church. And you need to remove the materials of this ministry from your computer, entirely delete them from your computer because they don't belong to you. They belong to God to this church, to this ministry, which you are not a part of. You are not a part of this ministry. You have tried to force your way into this ministry by stealing the words of God and the revelations of God. I would like to work with you. I would like to embrace you as a brother in Christ Jesus. But ever, ever since... The very first day you ever contacted me, the only thing you have done is stolen and lied and stolen and lied and stolen and lied. So no, I will not embrace you as a brother in Christ because you're nothing but a worker of Satan himself, a liar and a thief. And you are not worthy of the kingdom of God. Cursed you be in Jesus' name. Remove my stuff. Because it's not just mine, it belongs to the Lord.
get all this information added on to the website soon, and we will update you about when that has been added to the website. I thank you for listening today. We've got to close down the computer before the battery dies. Thank you for listening today. We praise the Lord God Almighty in Jesus' name for these revelations. These revelations is not from my own wisdom, not from my own knowledge, but rather it is the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, that gives the truth. Amen. Amen. It belongs to God. Amen. And but even though it belongs to God, people need to fear God and recognize the authority of God and in his servants, the prophets. The Bible itself says that these things will be fulfilled that God has given to his servants, the prophets. And it's not right to steal that and add to it and subtract it. It's not right. People have no fear of God. Thank you for listening. May God help all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.